Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll celebrate the birthdays of Earl Gresh, Bill Smith, and Fiddlin' Doc Roberts, play To Whom Do These Records Refer, and weather some storms. Yesterday, May 1st, marked the birth in 1894 in Cleveland, Ohio, of Earl Parker Gresh, G-R-E-S-H, to Edwin Pierce Gresh and Dora Ann Parker. Soon after, the family moved to Norristown, Pennsylvania, and Earl had two younger sisters, Elizabeth and Dorothy. As a child, he attended a military prep school, mastered the violin, and helping out in his father's cigar factory, became obsessed with the smell of the aromatic cedar wood used in cigar boxes. I can relate, as I've been known to conduct personal aromatherapy sessions in the walk-in humidor of the tinderbox in Palm Springs. But I digress. Unfortunately, his father died when Earl was just nine years old. Around 1915, he was working at the Keystone Auto Supply Company, married Marion A. Noble, and the first of their three sons, Hervey, was born the following year. From September 1918 to January 1919, he served in the U.S. Navy as chief bosun's mate at the Great Lakes Naval Training Station, after which he worked as a salesman in a cigar store before moving to St. Petersburg, Florida. There, he became acquainted with six fellows from Kentucky State College who had an orchestra called the Kentucky Colonels. Colonels with a K, of course. And he was soon the band's violinist and leader. A regular booking at a speakeasy called the Gangplank resulted in the group's new name, Earl Gresh and his Gangplank Orchestra. St. Petersburg radio station WJBB broadcast regularly from the Gangplank, and Gresh became the station's announcer. The group also played at the Gold Dragon Nightclub, located above Rutland's department store in St. Pete. Between 1924 and 1927, Earl Gresh and his Gangplank Orchestra made more than a dozen sides for Columbia, and they toured the country. That is, until Marion insisted he stop, and Earl's musical career came to an abrupt end. But he didn't just retire to Florida. No, no, no. Remember Earl's fascination with wood? Well, he turned his attention to carving and curing wood and building and racing speedboats, becoming a national champion speedboat racer in 1930. Gresh also loved fishing, and his next venture was making and selling handmade custom lures and wooden tackle boxes. While on a trip to Yellowstone National Park, he ran into Hubert Heaver, uh, Herbert Hoover, also an avid fisherman, taught him how to tie his own flies, and gifted the president with a custom-made wooden tackle box, which he also later did for President Eisenhower. Gresh fine-tuned his woodworking skills and built Earl Gresh's Wood Parade, a combination museum, workshop, and gift shop, where using over 60 different exotic woods, he created the most intricate objects, including tiny historical figures and thousands of the Earl Gresh original ladies' wood purse. Son Hervey was also a wood craftsman, while Marion handled sales. The wood parade closed in 1958, and Earl Gresh died June 30, 1927, 
but some of his unique woodwork is still on display in the chapel at Memorial Park Cemetery in St. Petersburg. And here are three fine examples of his musical work. Thank you. 
neater, or could be neater. Oscar dishes out vanilla. On Saturday, he draws his pay. After work, he sneaks into the night. Down the street, you'll hear him yell with fright.
Row, Row, Rosie, composed by George W. Meyer with the Alfred Bryan lyrics sung by members of Earl Gresh and his Gangplank Orchestra from Columbia 424-D, recorded June 30, 1925. Before that, Earl Gresh and his Gangplank Orchestra with Help. Al Sherman and Johnny Tucker wrote the tune with the words by Leslie Moore, again sung by members of the band. Columbia 469-D was waxed September 22, 1925. We started our little tribute to Earl Gresh in 1927, after his residency at the Gangplank had ended, since there's no reference to it on Columbia 1031, made May 5th. That was where the wild, wild flowers grow, composed by Harry M. Woods with the words by Mort Dixon. Frank Harris is credited with vocal, but of course you know... There was no such person as Frank Harris, and it's in fact Irving Kaufman. I'm in fact Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week, April 26th, marked the birth in 1897 in Madison County, Kentucky, of Fiddlin' Doc Roberts, whose first name, unlike many musicians called Doc really was Doc, D-O-C-K. He learned to play fiddle on his own with some help from older brother Liebert and a black fiddling band leader named Owen Walker. In 1925, he teamed up with guitarist and fiddler Edgar Bose. They auditioned for a Jeanette Field recording unit, and late that year and in October of 1926, accompanied vocalist Welby Toomey on record. In 1927, Roberts recorded with the Booker family string band, and formed a group called the Kentucky Thoroughbreds, who recorded for Paramount. He formed a duo with guitarist Asa Martin, later adding his son James Roberts, and over the next seven years, they played fiddling conventions on the radio over WHAS, Louisville, and recorded more than 200 sides on 11 different labels. For the next 40 years, Doc Roberts made occasional personal appearances and was sometimes heard on radio. He died in Richmond, Kentucky on August 4th, 1978, at age 81. Here are three from Fiddlin' Doc Roberts. Thank you. 
The Fiddling, yes, with a G, Doc Roberts Trio, Doc Roberts, Asa Martin, and James Roberts, who sang on some of the trio's records, with Way Down South from Banner 33488, recorded August 28, 1934. In addition to the fiddle, Doc Roberts also played mandolin, making several records on the instrument, and before Way Down South, we heard one of them, Take These Lips Away, with Asa Martin on guitar. That's from Decca 5444, made August 24, 1928, and was also issued on Champion. We started off our little tribute to Doc Roberts with a traditional reel from around central Kentucky, Deer Walk, also known as Forked Deer. Doc Roberts and Asa Martin from Jeanette 7049, recorded in Richmond, Indiana, on Friday, March 15, 1929. Well, it's time now for yet another episode of To Whom Do These Songs Refer? It's kind of like one thing in common, but the three records in this segment refer in some way to a specific person. Now, of course, the artists and composers didn't have this in mind. I'm making up the connection, and if you can figure it out before I tell you at the end of the segment, I'd like to know just how you know to whom they refer. Here's George Olson and his music. Love overspread you and led you at last 
out of the tempest to me. in your eyes that burned into mine I was taken by storm the thunder was pounding within my heart told me you're mine you seem to drop right out of the blue I was caught by the suddenness of fate that brought me to you. I found myself huddled in your lovable arms where it was nice and warm. Now I see a rainbow in the sky no sooner than I was taken by storm.
kiss for you to remember Just in case you go away in August or September In October and November, not to mention cold December I love you Though another year has gone, I'm ready for the next one too Every single second, every minute, every hour, all the whole year through. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I love you. Back on the April 4th show, I played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, written and sung by Marion Harris, and mentioned it was not to be confused with the 1949 Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, written by Ross Parker. Well, there it was by Herb Jeffries, with the orchestra and chorus under the direction of Hugo Winterhalter, from Columbia 38703. Before that, I was taken by Storm, from Melatone M13393, recorded April 11, 1935. This, I Was Taken by Storm, was written by Ed Heyman and Louis Alter, and is heard in the 1932 picture Dizzy Dames, where it's sung by Florine McKinney. It is not to be confused with the slightly earlier I Was Taken by Storm, written by Irving Bebo and Basil Ziegler, recorded by Sid Pelton, using the name Hoagie Carmichael. We began this To Whom Do These Songs Refer with George Olson and his music, with Out of the Tempest, composed by Ted Ward with Fran Fry singing the Edward A. Grossman lyric. The sheet music says Out of the Tempest is dedicated to John Barrymore, star of the 1928 motion picture Tempest, in which he plays a peasant officer in Tsarist Russia. Victor 21652 was recorded August 28, 1928. So, to whom do these three records refer? Well, the key words are Tempest, Storm, and Herb Jeffries. Last week, listener Allen in New York sent me the obituary from the New York Times of Annie Blanche Banks, born in Eastman, Georgia, on February 29, 1928. 
She had a difficult childhood and two failed marriages while still a teenager, but wanting to be a movie star made her way to Los Angeles. She worked as a cocktail waitress and, with the help of a customer, got hired into the chorus of the Follies Theater, a burlesque house on South Main downtown. A couple of weeks later, she became an ecdesiast, or striptease performer, with the stage name Tempest Storm. She appeared in elaborately staged productions in Los Angeles, New York, Las Vegas, and London with live bands and lots of feathers and sequins, earning $100,000 a year in the 1950s when she legally changed her name to Tempest Storm. Newspapers called her Tempest in a D cup and the girl who gives 3D two better. She appeared in several burlesque performance films and was the subject of a couple of documentaries, but always made it very clear, I've never taken off all my clothes. There has to be something left to the imagination. So that accounts for the records about Tempest and Storm, but what about the Herb Jeffries record? Well, the vocalist for Duke Ellington and singing cowboy in early black westerns was Tempest Storm's fourth husband. But the most remarkable thing about Tempest Storm is that she continued performing in Las Vegas into her 80s, not because she had to, but because she could. Tempest Storm died at her home in Las Vegas April 20th at age 93. I'm the fully clothed Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. Last week I played Isn't It Romantic by Howard Stern and announced the vocalist as Smith Ballou, using the pseudonym Bill Smith. Well, no, it wasn't Smith Ballou. Turns out the singer really was Bill Smith. It's a little early, but he's going to get his birthday segment tonight. William James Smith was born June 4, 1906 in New York to Patrick Smith and Rosanna Connolly and grew up in Providence, Rhode Island. He attended LaSalle Academy and Georgetown University and in 1929 returned to New York to study drama at the New York Academy. In 1930, he joined Harold Stern's orchestra as drummer, vocalist, and announcer and stayed with the band for eight years. After leaving Stern's band, Smith got into radio, playing dramatic roles in shows including Stella Dallas, Crime Club, and The Adventures of Ellery Queen, but was also on the Sunday game show, Thousand Dollar Reward. Bill Smith played the Reverend Richard Dennis on The Brighter Day, which made its debut on NBC Radio on October 11, 1948, and ran until 1956. Here's the opening of that show. The Brighter Day, brought to you by Drift, America's favorite brand for dishes. little room, isn't it? I, I don't know why, but I, I feel somehow that God is in this room. We'll be back with a brighter day in just a moment. In the 1950s, Bill Smith was seen on the TV version of The Brighter Day and continued performing into the 1960s. 
He died in 1992 and is buried in St. Mary's Cemetery at North Attleboro, Massachusetts. Here are three more records from Bill Smith.
little flower shop around the corner Just a little shop that's hidden far away But it seems that heaven heard a harsh and angry word And sent us walking by today No one knows how sad and blue we both were feeling We were sure our love affair was really true But the flowers on the shelves were smiling to themselves And soon we started smiling too I took her hand and led her through the doorway The daisies seemed to wink a knowing eye I bought her violets and then I kissed her We left and had a real good cry Just a little flower shop around the corner But we always stop whenever there's a chance For with skies so blue above, head over heels in love We know it saved a sweet romance
My roses will bloom and spread their perfume when you're in my room. Bill Smith with Harold Stern and his orchestra, March 19, 1937, with My Room. Written by Ed Heyman, Carmen Lombardo, and John Jacob Loeb. Now, I'm no lyricist, and I try not to be critical on the show, but My Room seems to me to have some of the most contrived, excogitated lyrics ever written. Bright, white, delight? Cold, bold, old? Room, bloom, perfume? I think the trio did considerably better with the words to boo-hoo the same year. At least it contains boo-hoo-hooing, the present participle of the verb to (laughs) boo-hoo. In 1926, Harold Stern's orchestra was resident at the Hotel Belle Claire on New York's Upper West Side. The band recorded several instrumental sides for Edison while there, but in the early 1930s, The orchestra was appearing at the Biltmore with vocalist Bill Smith. We started the set with Love Me Tonight, written by Richard Rogers and Lorenz Hart. Columbia 2718 was recorded September 22, 1932. The following year, on March 22nd, they made Just a Little Flower Shop Around the Corner for Bluebird, issued under catalog number 1842. Harry Woods wrote the words and music to that one. And all the credit for this segment goes to listener Rich in Illinois, who pointed out the original misidentification, which, by the way, came from a generally very reliable source, pointed me toward the real Bill Smith, and provided the recordings. Thanks, Rich, for being my quality control department and helping with programming. Earlier in the show, you heard all about Tempest Storm. Well, here are some rapidly rotating records about some other storms. Way down by the sea was a city A spot that was bright and fair A city of palm trees and flowers A garden of beauty rare A haven of rest for the weary Where cool breezes blow from the sea Where youth and old age smile together With a heart ever light and free Then on a night in September The bright light shone everywhere My was proud in her splendor And sweet music filled the air The breeze seemed to whisper a story The stars 
stars seem to smile from the sky And no one would dream for a moment That death could come riding by darkness of midnight their laughter was turned to tears the wrath of a storm was upon them that filled every heart with fears the wind was the voice of a demon that howled as it crashed through the town and great ships were torn from their anchor and broken upon the ground. And then when the gray dawn came stealing, the toll of the storm was known. And sad were the cries of the injured, the streets with the dead was thrown. Not explain this disaster. We know not what fate may befall, and we should be ready each hour to answer the master's call. Since 1851, when the United States began keeping track of them, the country has suffered over 300 hurricanes. These days, they carry names like Katrina and Andrew, and I could throw out statistics about deaths, sustained winds, and damage totals for the next 24 hours. But I'll spare you and say that what is arguably the costliest hurricane in U.S. history didn't have a name at all, and is simply known as the Miami Storm. Its winds averaged 76.2 miles per hour for more than 24 hours, and adjusted for inflation, it caused more than $125 billion in damage. It occurred on September 18, 1926, and just four days later, Carson Robison had written a song about it, and Vernon Dahlhart was in the OK studio in New York singing it. The next day, he recorded it for Columbia. On September 28, Dahlhart recorded the Miami Storm for Jeanette, which is the recording we heard. Not on Jeanette 3378 but issued on the Herschel label, number 2005. Herschel Gold Seal records were manufactured by the Star Piano Company for the Northwest Phonograph and Supply Company of Minneapolis-St. Paul, Minnesota, owned and operated by Harry Bornstein, a major distributor of Jeanette Records. The following day, Dahlhart recorded the Miami Storm for Victor and was in the Edison Studios a couple of days after that. Well, we can't possibly end the show on that downer of a record, so here's another storm-related song, but something a little more upbeat.
stomp so long, children, I've been in stomp so long. Oh, give me a little time to pray. When I get to heaven, I'll walk all about. Oh, give me time to pray. I'll no one turn me out. Give me a little time to pray. I've been in stomp so long. Been in stomp so long, children, I've been in stomp so long. Oh, give me a little time to pray. Spike Hughes and his orchestra with Joey Shields providing the vocal on I've Been in the Storm So Long from DECA F-2936, recorded in London, February 5, 1932. I'm Glenn Robison, hoping any storms you encounter in life are mild and inconsequential, and I'm very happy you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention.